Okay, guys and girls, and welcome to the extended bench off-season special. We're doing the trade period this week. We've been dying to jump back into some fantasy football statistics, dying to start talking again about season 2020. It's it's only like about 150 days away. I saw the other day. So <laughs> I did see that. Yes, I'm, I'm counting down until fantasy football starts again in 2020. Yeah. As always, on the other side of the desk, joining me is my mate Matt. Matt. How are you doing now that fantasy football is done? Uh, I've been doing okay. There was, a, there <laughs> you, was you've got a rich and rewarding life outside of the podcast. I, I do. I, as I always say on the podcast, I am a busy man, so I have been busy. Um, and I'm throwing myself into NFL fantasy as well in the off season. That's the so other thing. We do keeps love, me very busy. We love our NFL fantasy over here. We've got a few uh, dynasty leagues, and we've got some regular redraft leagues as well, which which has been a lot of fun. If none of you out there are trying that, it might be a little bit too late, but keep it in mind for next year because it is a great way to sort of detox from AFL fantasy. So you say detox, but um, <laughs> yeah. my, my wife would say it's just like, well, one ends and another one starts. It just never <laughs> finishes. Uh, you know, that's just your wife's bit. Um, <laughs> on that note, we're going to move straight into the trade. So there was a lot of... Well, I'll rephrase that. There was some action during the trade period this year. Yeah. It was not as amazing, as interesting, and just as hectic as last year's trade period, I can tell you that. It definitely wasn't. i got to say, this morning I started doing my notes for today's podcast, <laughs> and I was looking through the players traded, and I was like, I seem to remember this being a lot more interesting last year. <laughs> oh, I remember listening to trade radio and just being glued to it last year. Don't get me wrong, I was sick of all the ads about bloody hoses and... <laughs> um, tra- what, what's the other <clears> one? <throat> Tradies soap or something like I that. I didn't Jeez, listen at all this year, so I can't help you. But but this year, yeah, there was just gaps of about six, seven hours before some news came out. So it was horrible. Um, okay, we're going to dive straight into the trades mm, yes. in reverse order. Uh, the first up, or the last up, I should say, <laughs> James Aish going to Fremantle from Collingwood. So there was a little bit of a pick swap on the back end there as well. Yep. But Aish made his way to the Dockers. Now, I don't get me wrong, I, I think that Aish will improve his numbers because realistically he barely played at Collingwood this year. Um, yeah, 13 games this year for an average of 66.9 and a high score of 96. Um, actually, think- more games than he played the last... Two years, so... Well, last last year, Collingwood <clears throat> did have less people injured. Obviously, Sharon Bird played most of the year last year before <laughs> he went down with his ACL, and they have a lot of defenders similar to Aish. So, yep. he didn't really have a spot in the best 22. For me, he's definitely best 22 at Fremantle if he's fit um, because they want some maturity around that back line a little bit as well and maybe coming off the half-back flank or onto a wing. Yeah, I think he's, I think he's probably best 22, but I'm... I'm hesitant know. to say that he will improve that much. Like at most, yeah. he's going to go low seventies and be a back end draft guy. He's not going to be push yeah, his average I'd up by ten plus points. Say the same. I mean, the only, um, I guess, disclaimer is if they decide to play him on a wing mm-hmm. and replace one of Hill or Langdon with him, he could see a bit of an uptick yeah. there. But if they're playing him off halfback, Free have actually got a lot of halfbacks. They do and. It's actually not Nathan their worst Wilson part of the ground. Up in there and Luke Ryan as well. There's yep. there's quite a lot of that sort yep. of player. But if they I, play um, Connor, geez, you Connor can, Blakely, you can tell it's the off season. I can't remember <laughs> players of my own players, name, <laughs> of my own team. Um, and yeah, so Blakely. So they've got a few halfbacks. So if he hmm. slots into the halfback role, I can. I think he's probably going to. He'll increase a little bit, but he'll stay pretty stable. 
it's if they play him on a wing that he might have some relevance, but only in deep drafts, I'd exactly. say. Exactly. Deeper draft league player. Don't stress about him in AFL Fantasy Classic. Yeah. Um, and I'd say he's... trade for Frio, though. I, I like Yeah, I like it for Frio. I think even deep drafts, he's probably a waiver pickup. Mm. I wouldn't actually be drafting him at off the... Um, to get going. No, no, absolutely not. Uh, Aiden Bonner to North Melbourne. So this, I thought this was a great pickup for North I Melbourne. This he one, was yeah. a very early draft pick. He was in the the low tens. I, I think believe. he was pick ten, maybe pick ten, pick or 11. eleven, something like that. Mm. Um, and he had a lot of promise. Maybe GWS jumped a little bit too early on him, but they got him for basically a a future third round selection. That's just money for jam. And I think, look. Yeah. He won't slot straight into the best 22 because they've got Ooh. depth players like Paul Ahern, um, <clears throat> I like uh, him more Luke than Davis Uniaki. I do as well, but I think there'll be a little bit of a fight for nah, spots. I reckon he's ahead of both of those guys because he's more versatile. All right, yeah, but, I get so, that. He can uh, play more f- forward. He can play... F- he's more of a natural forward. Half-forward flank with bursts through the midfield. Um, and I think he's more of an X, X factor than either of those guys. Yeah. So LDU's in inside mid. If he's not playing inside mid, I think he's pretty much not in the team. Ahern, Ahern is... can play halfback a little yeah. bit. We saw towards the back end of the season, but he was in and out of the side all year. Um, so I'd say, I reckon Bonner's probably ahead of both of them, mm-hmm. but I'd be tempering expectations because he hasn't played a lot to date and he has had two knee recos as an underage. Yeah. So Keep a league pick up for sure. Oh, absolutely. Um, in, in your redrafts, for, or not redrafts, in your top-up drafts for keeper leagues, he needs to go somewhere yep. um, and he's going to be a, a solid pick up for the future, I think. Yep. Um, and I, I think next year might not be his year, yeah. but once those <laughs> older mids for North start to move on, so your Higgins, mm-hmm. um, your... Who's the other one I'm forgetting? Uh, this, this is going to be a long podcast. Ben Cunnington, is that who you're thinking This of? is going to be a long podcast, isn't it? <laughs> We've got a few players to get through, mate. Is Ebel's on the older end yeah, of the they, spectrum? They need so. to start moving some new players through the midfield. Yeah, he can really bring that inside grunt, big body X factor. Mm-hmm. So I love him for Keeper Leagues. Although it isn't North. Yeah. So redraft leagues, no. Keeper leagues, yes. And definitely, depending on his price, keep an eye on him in Classic. Because he only played two games this year for an average of 49. Yeah. He's the one guy who I did actually look at his... actually. Yeah. He's the one guy I did actually look at his price so he, today. He, uh, he was a low 300, so he'll be just... He'll be similar. So yeah. he, he will be cheap. And if he's looking really good in the, uh, the preseason comp, he mm-hmm. could be someone to bring in at the start for yeah. a quick price grab. And currently a DPP as well. Yeah, yeah, really Forward handy. center. Um, and that he'll retain that as well, because yeah. he did play up forward a little bit for the Giants. Uh, Josh Jenkins to Geelong. This, I mean, yeah. this, uh, no, don't, this is just a no fantasy for me. I, yeah. I don't care about it. Maybe in your, the deepest of deep draft leagues, because Geelong are going to get some football up there. Yeah. Um, and Tom Hawkins is a good foil for him. He's not going to get the best Absolutely. defender. But he is not a classic fantasy guy. No. He is a deep league guy. That's a deep it. draft guy. The one one proviso that might make him slightly interesting <coughs> is if he is the backup <laughs> ruckman. That's the for Geelong's yeah. atrocious ruck situation. He will be. He, he absolutely will be. So if he gets some minutes through the midfield as a result of that, that'll give him a bit of a boost to his score, which might make him F4 or F5 startable in your deeper leagues. Yep. That's the only relevance I can see him having. No, no no worries there. I uh, I agree with that. Great trade for Geelong, though. They needed a second forward, a second yeah, big body down there. Uh, Dan Butler off to St Kilda. Look. 
I, I don't mind this, but again, he's not he's not a fantasy scorer. He's coming from Richmond, and not a lot of them are, realistically, so mm-hmm. it's kind of hard to gauge. Yeah. I like he, it for Saints. I don't like it for fantasy. Yeah, so I'm, I'm just moving on from this one completely. Yeah. I, I think what he does do is he... Not that it was a major issue this year, but he just allows Gresham and Billings to be even more released through the midfield. He does. So um, it's, it's positive for other players, not And, and it's possible other players, like Hind, will lose their spot <clears> as a result of this sort of pickup for the Saints. They've mm-hmm. five players that they got in during the draft period or during the trade period I should say there's going to be players losing their spots as yeah, a result of that because absolutely. they're all best 22 I would say Dan Butler's probably he's the, the one in most danger of not being best 22 yeah right away but the other four absolutely are yeah. um, Zach Jones to St Kilda speaking of the Saints um, I really like this, this one. pick I love they needed mm. that speed they needed a bit of brutality as well yeah. someone who can come through the middle and play off halfback now, what do you think about him for fantasy? Because he had that little run at the start of the year where yeah. he looked like he could be close to a top yeah. six defender. So 17 games this year, average of 82.8, high score of 105. He had four tons, mm-hmm. but three of them were done by round six. Yeah. So post by he only had one ton and another three scores above 85. So he's shown flashes for the last two or three years, I've thought. So mm-hmm. he's been on my watch list for probably three years now. He's just never really taken that step for consistency yeah. to really make me do anything about him. He's 25, so he's coming into that age where he should be yeah. scoring consistently and yeah. maybe taking his yeah. last push up So think, in terms of average score. I think at Sydney, he wasn't getting the midfield minutes. No. Like, he had bursts through the midfield, and some of them were long bursts, but he wasn't a regular midfield player. I think at the Saints, he will be. Um, at the very least, he'll be wing, yep. because they need that, like you said, they need that outside run. Absolutely. Um, they, they need that mongrel that brutality yep. inside the contest as well so he's look if he has DPP status again this year because he did play a fair bit in the midfield towards mm. the end of the year if he's a defender again this year I don't mind it in draft leagues you're going to have to bring him up your rankings a little bit because he's playing at a more fantasy friendly team for him yeah. uh, in a more fantasy friendly role yeah. I would look, imagine so he went at 82.8 this year I could quite easily see him pushing that up to just under 90 yeah just to 85 to, to 88 maybe somewhere yeah. around that margin which is incredibly solid for a defender He's probably priced a little bit too high in AFL Classic. Yeah, I wouldn't look so, at him in salary, but... Yeah, salary cap leagues, of but course. But drafts, um, I would, as a sort of mid-to-late <clears throat> speculative pick, he's someone that... He might think, not always be a, a starter midfielder for you if he gets if he's only a midfielder, yeah. but he's someone you can rotate off the bench. I if think. he's only a midfielder, I don't have much interest in him to be mm. honest, because your midfielders who can average between ninety and hundred are quite more easily found. Yeah, um, he's a JLT watch list for me. Exactly. Um, so the next trade was Tommy Cutler to Essendon. Mm. Um, and not really too many bites for me here. Look, he's going to be a depth player. Uh, uh, I don't know. Three games, average of eighty point three. High score of 90. Last year, he played 18 games and he averaged 84.7 with limited opportunities and unclear role in and out of the side. Look, don't get me wrong. There's no doubting the fact that when he is on the park, when he is playing, he is a good fantasy scorer. Mm -hmm. Where do you see him coming into this side if their best 22 is available? If they've got injuries, yes. I see him being like their one tall midfielder. No, they've actually got so. I Who have think they got that, as a tall midfielder? I think that Langford would be ahead of him in terms of tall midfielders because they they mm. seem to like him for some reason. I don't know why. But, but towards the end of the year, Langford was playing forward. He wasn't playing. But mid. the other thing is, Devin Smith comes back into that side. Not a tall midfielder. No, not a tall mid. Don't don't get me wrong. But I can guarantee you that Essendon will not be playing Tom Cutler ahead of. Uh, 
Devin Smith, mm-hmm. Heppel, uh, Parrish, um, oh, who are some of the other blokes they've got going through? Shield, Merritt. Yeah. Those- oh, no, absolutely. They're all ahead of him for sure. Mm-hmm. But he brings something they don't have, which is size. He does, but he won't get a game. As it, yes, he does bring the size, but he's not getting a game ahead of those oh, guys. And I he's reckon- not getting midfield minutes, especially ahead of those guys. I reckon he's coming off the bench um, and Ooh. playing midfield, wing, bit of half forward or half back off the mm-hmm. bench. I reckon he's probably getting enough time to put up semi-respectable scores. I don't think he's going to be a, a league winner or a world beater, but there's enough interest for me to watch in the JLT. Okay. I, I mean, every player for me is a JLT watch player, every single player out there. Uh, but at this stage, I'm a no on Tom Cutler. I just I think it's a good depth pickup for Essendon in case they get injuries. Um, and the other thing is their halfback line is just so full of those run-and-gun players, and that's the game style they want to play. Yeah, I can't, true. I can't see them putting Tom Cutler into the halfback line. No, either. true. His best bet is probably... Um, he needs a, a wing, wing inside really. mid roll, and I just they've got so many midfielders. Um, the the next trade was Alex Keith to the Bulldogs. Is this just an obvious straight up no key defenders? We we don't care about key defenders here. <laughs> Pretty much. Yep. Yeah. So, he had a couple of he had a like a bit of a role earlier this year where he was doing a bit of intercepting that Tommy D role. Tom yeah. Dirty, if uh, he if he gets on a roll at some point for the Bullies, he, he could be a waiver wire pickup, but. Other than that, no, yeah, not interested. Wave a wire for deep draft leagues at best for me. Yep. Key, key defenders we don't really care about too much here yep. for fantasy. Although, in saying that, great trade for the Bulldogs. That This was the oh, sort I think of player they needed. Absolutely, yeah. Bulldogs cleaned up at the trade period, to be honest. They they really delivered on the things that they needed. Yeah. Um, Josh Bruce to the Bulldogs. Speaking of the doggies, um, again, no, not interested. no for me. Not interested at all. Even um, less interested than Keith. Yeah, So because Keith at least will get some plus sixes in the back line. Yeah. Uh, Josh Bruce, no. Keith Bruce forwards. played 22 games this year. He only had five scores above 75. Yeah, unless they're the top echelon of key forwards, they're just not useful at all for fantasy footy. Yeah. Uh, Andrew Phillips to Essendon. Uh, this is, again, a yeah. no from me. This no. Is, he's a depth pickup in case Bell Chambers is injured. I could understand if people were interested based on his scores this year because his scores were... Four of his five games this year, he scored above 77. Mm-hmm. As like a very deep ruckman in draft, yeah. that's pretty good. But he's the backup for Bell Chambers. He's not going to play unless Bell Chambers gets injured. I should say when Bell Chambers gets injured. Exactly. Um, but even then, this is the only year that I've seen him do anything that remotely resembles being an mm-hmm. AFL-grade ruckman. It's- there was one game a couple of years ago where <laughs> I streamed him for a, um, a match, and it was legitimately the worst I game <laughs> I have ever seen a ruckman play. Did he score under 10 in that in It that was match? abysmal. The, the bit that stuck out for me was... The um, a ruck contest, him against the other ruckman. I can't remember who won it, but the ball <laughs> dropped down at Phillips's feet, literally at his feet, and he stood there and looked at it. Didn't move, and a midfielder ran past, picked it up, and ran off, and he still did not move. So I'm just uh, there's no interest for me whatsoever. All right, that, I man, I love that assessment. That's fantastic. Look, the only way I would even be remotely interested in Andrew Phillips from any point of view is. If he if Bell Chambers goes down early with a season long or a yeah, uh, handcuff him to long. Bell Chambers, but realistically, if you're relying on Bell Chambers as your ruckman, yeah. you've got bigger problems. You've got much bigger problems. So yeah, no from me as well. Uh, speaking of uh, ruckman and likely knows Mark Pitney to the Blues, uh, high score of fifty nine in his career. Yeah, uh, well, Mark Pitney, I don't think has ever played as solo ruckman. He's come in to be the second ruckman to either. Um, Oh, I'm, I'm big boy, big boy Ben McAvoy or uh, Segler. Yep. So I don't think he's ever played as the number one rock. If Cruiser gets an injury, when when Cruiser gets an injury, he's not a bad waiver option in deep draft leagues. But do not draft him. Yep, absolutely. At the start of the year. 
Having said that, surely there must have been some reason that Hawthorne kept him around as long as they did. Yeah. Yeah, true. Because he was on their list for ages. Well, Ruckman in general stay on lists for a long time because it takes a long time for them to develop into their bodies and get to that AFL level. Like, there's very few Ruckman like Grundy or Gorn or, you know, I think there's a kid that's coming up in the draft this year called... um, English? uh, No, No, not English. English. Jackson? Um, Yeah, Jackson. Luke Jackson, Mm. who is going to be an absolute gun and is a very realistic chance to play as the second Ruckman in AFL teams in his first year, which, yeah. it, which would be incredibly rare. Yeah. Uh, not first Ruckman, but as a backup Ruck and forward, yeah. that's definitely a possibility. Absolutely. Um, okay, uh, maybe fantasy-relevant-ish for drafts at least. Brad Hill to the Saints. Yeah, I like this for the Saints. Um, uh, it's a great pick for the Saints. <clears throat> so they, again, adding what, exactly what they need, some outside run and some, yep. some, some real skill. Quality as yeah, well, delivering it elite inside user. 22 games, average of 88.7, a high score of 129. Yep. He had seven tons this year, and four of those were above 111, mm-hmm. and a further game, five games above 90. So, um, no for salary cap because he'll be priced more or less what he's. Yeah, I think at. he's going to average about 90 ish. So, somewhere around about... He you see a slight increase may, for Maybe him. a slight increase, maybe 90 to 94, somewhere around about that mark. But That's, it's not going to be a huge increase. He's yeah. not going to average 100 this year. No, I see the same thing. I Yeah, um, not much upside. He should say pretty stable score-wise. Yeah. Uh, there might be a few points jump because he's got that enthusiasm of a new club to impress mm-hmm. and he's in a new city again. So that first-year jump maybe, but... I, I think that it's, yeah. it's not going to be massive. And in draft leagues... Look, he, he's a great back-end pickup um, yeah. in, in you know your deeper leagues because, again, he's not going to be averaging 95 If you're playing year. him as like your fourth or fifth midfielder, you're mm-hmm. going to be pretty happy. Yeah, not too bad at all. Uh, Calamar Chi to Brisbane. Brisbane keep picking up these guys from Gold Coast. So mm-hmm. they did Jared Lyons, obviously, and that was smashing it out of the park and, yep. or Gold Coast just shitting the bed because <laughs> that was the worst drop that I've seen in a very long time. Yeah. Um, Kalamachi, what do you reckon? Uh, he played one game this year for 62. Mm-hmm. He played 14 games in each of the last two years. Look, if he's not getting a game at Gold Coast, I can't see what he's going to do at Brisbane. I, I, I saw an article the other day saying that Brisbane might have just won the draft with this pickup. Um, by, by some that, expert. Is that based on the fact that he was a high draft pick? Yes. And they got I, him for nothing? I assume that is based all around the fact that he was a high draft pick, they got him for nothing, and what uh, Archie sort of brung to the table at that younger level, which is why he was drafted so high. Um, look, yep. I can't say... Where, where's he going to slot in? Their He's not best is, 22. Cam, exactly. Cam Rayner is a terrific young forward midfielder. they got Luke, Lincoln McCarthy, who... And Lincoln McCarthy just dominated last year up in the forward line. They've got yep. bloody um, uh, Charlie Cameron running yep. around down there. They've got the tall forwards. Mm-hmm. Where's he sliding in the forward line? Well, no I think way. he played a bit of halfback as well yeah, at Gold true, Coast. True. But Brisbane's pretty well stocked for halfbacks. They've got quite a lot. Witherden, obviously, down there. They picked up Birchall, who we talk, <laughs> we will talk about in a little bit, yep. who essentially comes in to replace Luke Hodge. So yep. I don't see there being yep. a slot over there. I think his there. best bet is the Luke Hodge position mm-hmm. if Birchall's not fit. If Birchall is injured. But even then... Even I, then, they've got other players who can play yeah. through there. So I, I can't see him being best 22, and I suspect that there's going to be that thing that you hear about a lot with players who come from the um, less developed clubs, yep. where they really need to work hard to get their fitness and standards up to mm-hmm. a level um, where they 
are can in contention for best twenty two. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. And and like I say, it's it's just not someone that I would be particularly focusing on in keeper drafts. Maybe a late pickup in your top up draft this year, speculative or pick. next year. Yeah. Um, because he was he was a high draft pick for yeah. a reason. He's very skilled. I just keep coming back to the fact yeah. that he was not best twenty two at Gold Coast. Yeah, uh, it's a no in redraft for me as well. And in salary cap leagues, it is a wait and see if he's named in round one. And it's not because there's a mass of outs. Then I don't mind it because he is going to be cheap, Calamachi. Um, okay, next pick, uh, Jack Stephen to Geelong. Yes, now, this is a very interesting one for fantasy. Mm. Um, this is a very interesting one in general. I mean, we had a massive conversation about this on our, uh, our WhatsApp chat, which which did rage on for a few days. I'm still not sure overall how I feel about it uh, <laughs> because I mean, both sides needed. You know, both sides realistically were doing the best that they could, and Jack hmm. Stephen obviously had some some issues he needed to work through, yep. and he felt that he needed a fresh base, which I can one hundred percent see yep. Ab- absolutely. And that's I, I really hope that he gets what he needs and that he gets better and gets yep. on the park. Absolutely, um, he's but, he's such a good player to watch. You don't want to see him lost to football. Exactly, but at the same time, it seemed like St Kilda had done absolutely everything that they could have to help. So mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I I just. You almost feel a little bit for St Kilda because they got absolutely nothing essentially in this trade from and for a four-time yeah, best and fairest absolutely. winner. Um, pick number fifty-eight is essentially nothing. Pretty um, much, pretty much. And, and I think they did the right thing morally, but from a a team build, from a team point of view, it's, it's it almost, hurts a little bit. Yeah, it really does hurt. Um, so where do we? Th- if he is playing, if he gets his fitness back. I, I expect he will get back to the AFL standard fitness that yeah. he needs. I suspect he will be a forward next year. I am all, all I think aboard. He'll be a, I think he'll be essentially Tim Kelly. Yep. There, there is a Tim kelly size hole in that Geelong team. Yep. Tim Kelly did go into the forward line a little bit this year. And mm-hmm. I, I think that... Yeah, sorry, yeah. I should say I sus- he will be... Um, a forward in fantasy, but he will yes. play midfield. Yes, absolutely. That's, sorry, so that's he, what I mean. He will have forward status. Yeah. Um, he he will be in the the conversation as the one of the top forwards at the end of the year. If he do, if he has forward status and he's fit, I agree. So this is a big one for fantasy. Salary cap, tick tick tick. Mm-hmm. So long as he's on the park. Yep. Um, drafts, and drafts. Yes. Also, he'll be uh, he'll go high. It's going to be an interesting one to see what happens in drafts if he gets fan uh, forward status. Um, and he is fit heading into the preseason. Where people draft him will be very interesting because we know how many forwards we've lost this year. Yeah. We know we've lost a lot of those big yeah. forwards, and they are only going to be. Yeah. He's really the first guy that yeah. we can look at and go, "Ooh, he might be the one for next year." Well, it looks like from what I'm hearing, it looks like Lockie Whitfield is going to be a forward next year. So mm-hmm. that's just a, a tick and a lock. There's yeah, no question sure. about that from the start of the year, but. Yeah, it's, and it's really unclear. The, who the other, other thing guys with Stephen, because he only played seven <laughs> games this year at an average of seventy six, he'll be discounted. Yeah, agree. There will be a lot of value there. So uh, I think we're we're convinced on Stephen. Yeah, uh, little Louis Taylor to uh, to Sydney. Yeah, I'm I'm in two minds about this one. Um, I'm, I'm just not sure if he's best twenty two. This is another one where yeah. he's, he's on the edge. And here's the thing: we got. I'm going back to the the Jack Stephen trade. They got pick forty eight. For Lewis Taylor and Jack Stephen, four-time best in Ferris. I know. Don't get me wrong. I know he's significantly older, mm. but what he can offer to Geelong, they only gave up pick fifty-eight. Yeah, I know. It's I know. It's just crazy. To but me. we're not going to get into that debate now. We won't. We no. won't. Uh, um, Louis Taylor, five games last year for seventy point four, a high of one hundred and eight. He's been going around the sort of 
Um, Lotus is high 70s the last couple of years, mm-hmm. um, but has played 22 games in both of those. Um, I reckon that I think they picked him up as insurance for Tom Papley. I agree. Walking. And they kept Papley, and now I don't know where Louis Taylor sits in their plans. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing, the good thing for him is he's versatile. Uh, he can play forward. He can play wing. Sydney's got an aging midfield. Mm-hmm. Zach Jones has just been lost Zach to Zach Jones has just left. He's actually a l- younger than I thought he was. It seems like he's been around forever. But I think he's, he's only 22. He's 25 next year. Is he 25? Jeez, he's actually he's older than I thought. He's, um, see, he's younger than I thought. Okay. Um, I feel like he's been around forever. I can't. Honestly, I do not keep track of the rising star like when people have won the, the various Rising Star mm. Awards and it seems to me only a couple or a few years ago that he won uh, the Rising Star. It seemed Star. like ages ago he won it. Anyway, so I think um, in draft he could be a, a decent late speculative pick mm-hmm. um, just based on there's a bit of upside there if he can nail a role at some point in the year in the Sydney midfield. Um, I reckon he'd be free in a lot of keeper leagues as well. So speculative there yeah, as well. speculative keeper pick for me. It's a no in redraft for me just because, again, I, I think there's... You can let him go to the waiver wire and see yeah. what happens there. Um, and he's, he's a knowing classic for me unless he's actually playing. Yeah. Um, I'm really curious really to cheap. see if he um, if and where he's playing in the jail team. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, the next one is Zach Smith back to the Gold Coast. This is just a hard no from me. Um, no. With a <laughs> asterisk saying if uh, Jared Witts goes down injured then I'm all over this Zach Smith because he's their only other like proven yeah. ruckman. He's the Wits handcuff, but that's yeah. it. That, and that, and right. Wits is going to be a at the third best ruckman, I again. would suggest, behind Grundy and Gorn. So you can take you know Wits that little bit earlier and then take Zach Smith with your last pick in a draft just to handcuff him. Yep. Um, so a hypothetical for you, could mm-hmm. you see him playing as a forward who gives Wits spells? Because Wits has carried an enormous load in the ruck the last couple of years. Oh, At some point, that's going to catch up. So to their tour forward is basically uh, two-meter Peter. Who didn't play most of this year. Yeah. Um, so I think they were playing um, Ben King a yeah, lot. Yeah, Ben King was playing forward. And they were playing um, Corbett and what was the other guy's name? Who was the, oh, the, um, the, uh, the, the mature other, picker? Yeah, um, can't remember for the life of me. They sort of came in and out of the side. I, <laughs> and, and probably averaged about 25. I do remember that much. Pretty much. I think they were just structural more than anything yeah. else. Could you see any relevance for Zach Smith playing as a forward who spells in the ruck? Mm, not really, because if he does, he's not going to score well. He's, yeah. But he's not going to score well because A, that's not his role, mm-hmm. and B, he's playing for Gold Coast in that terrible role for him. So it's a no unless Jared Witts yeah. is injured for me. Agree that's just, 100%, but play yeah. devil's advocate. That's that's all it is. Speaking of Ruckman moving spots, the next pickup was Darcy Cameron by the Pies. And again, this just is no relevance whatsoever to me unless... He, actually, even if Gro- Brody Grundy, God forbid, touch wood, that he went down next year and was injured uh, mm-hmm. for the season, Darcy Cameron might not even be the next guy up. But maybe they play Mason Cox full-time in the ruck and just don't give a shit. Yeah, the, um, the only relevance I can see for Cameron at all is if it looks like Grundy's going to leave the club at the end of the year... Um, <laughs> no, grabbing him is a very, very late in the year off the waivers as a keeper stash. Yeah, I don't mind. That's that. the only relevance I can see. Yeah, so Darcy Cameron is just a no, hard no for me. Yeah, uh, this one's interesting though. Hugh Greenwood up Ooh, to Gold I Coast. I really like this I one. I love this. Uh, we know how good he can be when he plays mm. through the midfield, and he has to play through the midfield for Gold Coast. They don't have anyone else. Yeah. So, um, all right. So I'm expecting a mix of inside mid. 
little bit up forward. But just he, like any midfielder, he, he might yeah. rest a little bit up forward or yeah. rotate through there. But the thing is, he's good above his head. He, he can take strong marks, and he's a pretty good kick on goal. Mm-hmm. So I think he can do some damage when he's resting forward. Yeah. Um, there's a... L- I don't know. There's a little bit of a Dusty Martin, I think, in the role he can play. Mm-hmm. Not anywhere to the same extent, obviously. He's nowhere near as good a player. But that strong body inside, loves to tackle, can go up forward, take some clunks, kick some goals. Um, and like you said, he has to play for them. He is yeah. a walk-up best 22. Mm-hmm. Um, what did he do this year? 14 averaged, games for 78. Yeah, with a high of 80. High of 115 as mm-hmm. well. He had two tons, another six games he's above 75. He's, I love the ceiling. That's yeah. the thing. And look, again, he's playing for Gold Coast. He's not going to go great. Mm. But at least if he's playing that tough inside midfield role for some of it, he's mm. going to be around the ball. He's going Absolutely. to tackle. And he's a strong tackler. So he loves to tackle. I, I like this. I think if he's played consistently in this role, which he wasn't at Adelaide because mm. Adelaide are a basket case, um, <laughs> then he has the potential to average 90. Yep. Maybe slightly higher than that as well. So that that's an increase of at least twelve points. Yep. For me. He is it's not a bad mid priced option yep. for fa- for salary, salary cap. Every format he's of interest to me. Yep. So every and, format. And if he has that forward status again this year and next year, which he should, yep. he is very, very oh, he absolutely will. He played a lot of forward this yep. year. Uh, interestingly as well, when I was looking at his numbers today, he seems to have this habit of getting onto little roles. Yeah. So he'll have his tons seem to all be like back-to-back. So mm. he'll get on a little roll, he'll put a couple of tons up, he'll put a couple of 90s up with them, and then he'll sort of drift back down a little bit. So if he can build his consistency in a more solid uh, role, um, I'm really looking forward to seeing what he can deliver next year. Me too, yeah. I'm really looking forward to what Gold Coast can hopefully bring out for uh, for this guy. And he mm. will help some of those young draftees out as well because yep. we know, I mean, obviously we know that Raul and Anderson are being taken by them who are both mm. midfielders. For sure, yeah. For sure. Um, the next trade was uh, Dougal Howard coming to the Saints from Port. <laughs> In my notes, I've only written one word. Nope. No, no, <laughs> Dougal. Um, so, Dougal Howard, his highest score this year was an 88. He is a key defender slash key forward, but he will be playing key defender at the Saints. Well, you say his highest score was 88, but his average was 54.3. Wow. So, what did he score to have to get that <laughs> average? So, he scored key defender scores. Yeah. Um, or key forward scores. Uh, it's just a no. Yep. Just, just a no. Simple Um Billy Frampton to Adelaide. I'm... Not this. This is a no for me. For good, I was uh, good. You sounded cap. like you were interested for a second. There, speculative pick in uh, in keeper leagues, deep, deep in late keeper leagues. This guy dominated the Sandfall, and he dominated the final series for the Sandfall through the midfield and through the. So you reckon he's going to push O'Brien for his role after what he did this year as a second ruckman, as a second ruck slash forward. Um, so you reckon he can do the Jenkins role? Possibly. Um, and that's why I say speculative and probably he's more of a leave to the to the waiver wires sort of mm. guy and see what happens in the JLT. But right, So he's played three games in the AFL mm-hmm. in his career for 63, 14 and 52. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. I'm basing this off of incredibly little except for that final series in the Sandfall. And he looked good. Adelaide are terrible, and mm. they need something. They brought this kid in. Look, the only downside is the fact that Tex Walker is obviously still there, plus they've got Fogarty, who should be getting 
a game every single week unless he's injured yeah. next year. I'd be need way him. more interested in Fogarty. Oh, 100%. But, look, again, I don't mind just looking at what he could bring to Adelaide yeah, next year. I'm not interested unless I see something unexpected in the JLT. Because it's, for me, it's O'Brien, 100 Obviously, he's the Ruckman next year, and they'll need someone to back up Ruck. Tex Walker won't do it. I don't think Fogarty will do it. Mm, I think not. maybe Frampton might have a spot in the side, and we can see what happens from there. Yeah, maybe. We'll um, Sam Jacobs to GWS. Have you skipped Paddy Ryder? Have I? Yep. Not that we really need to talk about it much, but no, I think you no, have skipped Paddy Ryder. I have skipped Paddy Ryder, actually. 17 because games. Because he was part of the Dougal Howard yeah. train, so I've got... Um, yeah. Uh, all right, so... 17 games, average of 70.2, high of 91. He had six scores this year above 75, but no, he's, he's passed his... No. He's he, passed his prime and he's playing with Mark. If anything... This is the worst trade for AFL Fantasy possibly of the, yeah. the trade period so because... I actually Marshall's really be like it for the Saints because mm-hmm. if they want to get someone to back Marshall up, Ryder is probably of the of the Ruckman who are moving around this off-season. He's yeah. the one that actually can play forward. He was definitely the best option. He was the, he was the best fit for them. Mm-hmm. The thing is, it is going to impact on Marshall. 100%. And, I would suggest uh, you don't that know which one is going to play which role, but one of them is going to be a forward that's spelling in the ruck, and mm-hmm. it could genuinely be either one of them. Yeah, I think it, there's a solid chance or both. that Marshall might play more up forward <clears throat> because the, well, the Saints have said that much. They've said that you know they like Marshall playing as a forward. Um, I, again, I hate that. It seems dumb because he was clearly the best young and up-and-coming Ruckman this year. Yeah, how um, much of that is based on his fantasy fantasy scores versus like dude, what he was I actually wa- doing in the game? I, I watched Saints games quite regularly because obviously um, Marshall was playing, we had Billings playing as well, mm-hmm. Hind and a couple of others who were fantasy relevant. Yeah. I watched it quite, rele- quite regularly and Marshall held his own in each and every game. It wasn't just the fantasy, <laughs> he got tap-outs, he got a decent amount to advantage. He tackled hard and he took marks and moved through the midfield as well. Yeah. Like, surely you just want him to improve on that and stay yeah. in that I mean, what, what you hear is that the Saints don't think that highly of his actual tap work. But, I mean, that's only going to come with practice. Yeah, and, so, and also there's only, there's very few, like, uh, Scotty Lysett, players like that, you know, uh, Tom Bell Chambers, there are number one Ruckman in the competition who are the most elite tap Ruckman in the world, mm. but they offer something else or have yeah. offered something I, I really hope that Marshall stays the main Ruck and Ryder is a forward who spells him, but I suspect you're right and it will be the other way. Yeah, I th- unfortunately it will be. So <laughs> we'll move on from that because it, it hurts me to talk about it a little. So Sammy Jacobs, GWS. Uh, I think is relevant in draft. It is. If he's, I mean, look, if Mumford's playing in the same side, no. Because they Mumford are not, can't play as a forward. They are not playing Mumford over Jacobs. And, and surely they wouldn't play them both in the same no. side because that's just redundant well, and stupid. Well, it, it doesn't work because they already have three good tall forwards. Yes, and neither of Jacobs and Mumford can play as a forward yeah. in so, their role. They're, run, they're number one ruckmen who play 80 to 85% time in the ruck and then the rest of the time on the bench. Yeah, no, it'll, it'll be Jacobs um, and Mumford if he doesn't retire, will just be the backup. So if that's the case, very interested. I'm really interested. Poss- possibly interested even as my second ruck spot in salary cap leagues at the start because Jacobs will be cheap. Yep. After... He, what did he do? Five games for 80.4 mm-hmm. this year. Low average. Uh, last year he went at 81.4 <laughs> and the year before that at 99. He'll be discounted as a result of only playing five games. Yeah. Don't mind that at all. I don't mind as well... <clears throat> So he will most probably be owned... Well, most probably. He might be owned still in keepers. Yep. I don't mind you putting feelers out to trade for him in keepers if the guy that owns him 
or the girl that owns him, I yep. should say, if the person that owns him is uh, not someone that, you, that really tracks what happens in the off-season. Because mm. you could get a, um, a buy-low there. Yeah, yeah, true. 100% agree with that. Um, we'll move on to the next trade, which was John Patton to Hawthorne. Uh, this is just a no from me, I think. It's, <laughs> yep. Look, he's, he's always injured. If he is playing, and that's a, that's a big if, if he is playing, and he is the number two Ruckman slash power forward, yeah. I guess that is a fantasy-friendly role, and particularly at the Hawks, that could be handy. Yeah, it's not going to happen next year, though, because um, they. <laughs> what I suspect is that they'll keep trialling this McAvoy in defence thing and have him as the second Ruckman and play Segler as the number one. Yeah, that's interesting. That that is a. I, I think that strategy is going to fall flat on its face. Um, I think they'll try it to begin the year though. They they one hundred percent will. Uh, I actually, no, no, sorry, I disagree with you there. I don't think they will because they brought Sam Frost in for exactly that to be a key defender and allow oh, yeah, Sicily to free himself up a little bit. So yeah, no, good point. The, the McAvoy was a an amazing stroke of genius once again mm. by Alistair Clarkson. Um, and I have to admit that even though it was against the Eagles because it was the perfect positioning. It was yeah. perfect. No, um, that's a good point. I hadn't uh, hadn't thought of that. So um, For me, the main interest is if he... I've lost my notes. <laughs> um, if he plays the role as like the number one key target up forward, whether mm-hmm. it might free up Mitch Lewis a little bit. Because yep. I don't... I, I'm semi-interested in Mitch Lewis in a deeper draft. Yeah. I or a keeper. Don't mind that at all. Um any bets to Carlton? Flat no from me. Nope. Across all formats, uh, we move on. Uh, don't get me wrong, this was a, a nice little homecoming. Weird, because, you know, <laughs> any bets seemed like... There must be something really wrong to the... Like, rotten to the core at Adelaide yeah. for, for this sort of thing to happen. Because he was just ingrained in that team, it seemed like. And he was a cult figure there, surely. Yeah. The yeah. He's only scored higher than 75 three times this year. And his, his yearly averages have been decreasing for, like, the last three years, yeah. four years. Um, so yeah he's done from a fantasy perspective the only danger is if he pushes somebody else out of the side mm. um, Fisher was playing a lot of forward pocket towards the end of this year yeah. if Fisher's development is stunted because Betts comes back into the side that's, that's as just, a keeper owner I'm going to be extremely frustrated and also just in general that's kind of stupid I mean this move realistically does not make as much a lot of people have likened it to the Luke Hodge trade so bringing Luke Hodge into Brisbane to play as that experienced player in a oh, in a back slash forward line but it's a completely different style of player Eddie Betts has bought they brought that in to help to, fans get into the stadium good. Yeah. Exactly. And He's it's probably going to be really good from a cultural perspective. Agreed. He'll He's be a, a good... father figure for the young guys on I, that team. I agree, but that could be an assistant coaching type role, more yep. so than a um, a playing role, because I, yeah. got to, I, I just feel like they should be playing their young players as much as they possibly can. I agree. Um, all right, so the next trade, Ed Langdon to Melbourne. I like this. I, don't get me yeah, wrong. Yeah, I really like it as well. I, I don't see a massive increase for Ed Langdon at no. all. He's, so, he's been a solid guy for a few years now. Last year, he went at 88.9. This year, he went at 92.1. I reckon he'll have a similar increase, maybe. Maybe, maybe push up to 95. 95. He, his home ground will be the MCG. A mm-hmm. lot of space there for him to run and, and use his tank. Yep. So um, once he gets... Used to his role on the wing, I reckon he could go ninety-five. He's got a decent ceiling. He's got a he's got a really good ceiling. His um, what was his high this year? A couple of one hundred and eighteen. Two hundred and eighteen this year. Um, eight no. tons this year. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's it's not bad to be honest. And again, so look for him to move up your draft order just that little bit. Yeah. Um, 
I'm not sure what's going to happen with Melbourne this year either. This is yeah, this, the, the great unknown. A very interesting question because mm. what does, what influence does this have on Andrew Brayshaw? Everyone just says that. Oh, sorry, I should say Angus Brayshaw. Everybody is saying that mm. yes, he goes straight back into the inside midfield. But he was pushed out of the inside mid this year. Mm. Uh, but but it was almost like again a lot of uh, commentators were saying that he was pushed out because they moved him onto a ring role because they had no one and they felt he could play that role to some extent. I think it was a little bit of that, but I think it was also the fact that who was playing inside mid, Harms, um, uh, Viney, got- and Oliver. Yeah, none of them are wingmen. Mm. They're and even no, less wingmen those- than Gus's. Yeah, exactly. So I I, I don't know what's going to happen with Gus. Mm. It's, it's going to be very, very interesting. I'm not backing in Angus Brayshaw from the start of next year. No, me neither. Yeah, I, I would want to see a couple of couple of games Absolutely. at the very least. Um, next um, trade... Oh, pass in salary cap for Langdon as well. Yeah, I don't yeah. think we said. Me too. Me too. Um, Sam Frost, pass all up, but yep. this helps Sicily to no end. Yes, agreed. Um, and Sicily can be a top six defender again next year. I, I can't believe I'm saying <laughs> that. But he can with Sam Frost if they don't make him play as a key yeah. forward... Yeah. And they don't make him play as a, yeah. a lockdown keyback. Agreed. This was one of the most confusing <coughs> trades of the whole trade period for me. Really? I really rate Sam Frost. I do oh, not understand why Melbourne let him go. I was going to say, Hawthorne, that was a great pickup. Oh, perfect for, for Hawthorne. Uh, I don't understand it from Melbourne's point of oh, view, though. Because Melbourne was stupid. I really rate Frost. Yeah, oh, absolutely. So do I. So it's it was a, a silly trade by Melbourne um, and yeah. a great pickup by Hawthorne. Just fact. Um, the next trade, Grant Birchall mm-hmm. going to Brisbane. Three games this year, average of 73 with a high of 80. Zero games last year, five games in 2017 for you an average of 68.8. You leagues. Oh, I know. I just thought you might want to, you know, refresh your memory. I don't. So his, f- <laughs> his scores in the last three years since injuries have become a major issue for him. Mm-hmm. 80, 73, 66... 69, 84, 19, 95, and 77. Mm, yeah, not, there not is an, much fun. I mean, there's enough there to say if he's on the park, he's scoring well enough to start. Yeah. The issue is him being on the park. Yeah, so if, he, if he's on the park, don't mind it at all. And he, again, will be super, he'll be even cheaper this year than he was, uh, or I should say in 2020, than he was at the start of 2019 because he will get another discount on his already discounted price for playing Less than yeah, you know, 30% games. I don't know exactly how the calculations work, but he did play some games this I, year I as opposed either. to zero last year. But if you're injury affected, um, mm. you do, and you play less than a certain amount of games, and I'm very sure that if you're only playing three, that you would 100% fall into that category. Oh, yeah, you would do. That he will be He'll be cheap game. anyway. He will. <clears throat> He'll be cheap. Um, so if he's on the field, I really like it from salary cap. Me too. Um, drafts, <laughs> I like it as well, but he's going to be a late pick just because of that The danger, last pick. The risk. last pick. Um, at, at most. And just because he's a, a defender as well. If he was a midfielder, we wouldn't be talking about him whatsoever. Exactly, yeah. Um, Tim Kelly to West Coast from Geelong. Uh, I'm the trade itself was very interesting. Um, <laughs> yep, and obviously West Coast had to give away. I think it's it's even for both sides for what they're thinking. Yeah, um, and Essendon randomly threw their hat in as well for no reason. Um, so they're West- just used to like coming in and stealing <laughs> midfielders recently. Um, West Coast got exactly what they wanted, and they didn't care what they had to give up to an extent. Yep. Um, and Geelong just had to get as much as they possibly can, and they did. I think it was so, a win-win for both clubs. I, I think it's. Yeah, I, I think West Coast will struggle in the future and needs... Uh, I've said this before. I think as a result of doing this, they need another premiership over the next two to three years. Yep. 
because if they don't, I think that this is a fail, or at least a couple of grand final appearances. Yeah, um, yeah they've got to get some sort of outcome for this exactly. trade. If they don't, oh, that's, yeah, losing out on those draft picks, that is big over this year and next year. Yeah. Um, particularly with young Devin Robertson, who I just have the biggest man crush on being available <laughs> in the draft this year. That's uh, good to know from a keeper pers- top-up perspective. Oh, mate, we've got, obviously, we'll be doing our draft podcast coming up very soon, where I go mm. through and give out my draft order for what I believe clubs should be selecting. I'm very much looking forward to that yeah uh and one we of my, always... it, it is my favorite podcast of the... <laughs> i know it is one of them um, anyway. you just ripped my picks to shreds um I and obviously... last year though actually i had to agree with most mm. of them which was a bit disappointing yeah. and and the obviously we we will talk about it from a fantasy point of view as well but the mm. young devon robertson could very well get to <clears throat> geelong as a result of this mm. and that will have been two very talented wa boys they picked up last year as a result of picking up <laughs> uh clark and yeah. Um, and Devin Robertson, possibly. Yes. Uh, so we'll get to the actual player himself, Tim Kelly. Yes. Um, uh, so, no. two years in the system, obviously. Yeah. Uh, average of 96.9 this year, uh, which was an increase from 86.8 the year before. He had nine tons this year. Seven of them were 110 or higher. Yeah. He, he had 141, 129, 126, and 121 twice. When he went big, he went big. He went huge. Can you so eight of those nine mm-hmm. were done by around fifteen? Yes. Can so. you see him putting up those sort of numbers again at West Coast? All right. Look, I am. Uh, this is probably the most perplexing of all of the players that we've had to sort of analyze over mm. over this podcast. And the reason why is I'm not sure a how he fits into West Coast structure because mm. they have now. And, and this is a good thing for West Coast, but they have so many good midfielders. But the, a lot yeah. of them are offensive midfielders. Yo, although I, I guess actually he tackles like a beast. So he yep. he's the, one of the better two-way midfielders going yes. around. Uh, but he's still so offensive. Luke Shuey obviously is one of the better offensive midfielders going yep. around. Uh, Dom Sheed, again, another defensive midfielder. Andrew Gaff is a wingman who, who floats through. And then you've yep. got Jack Redden who plays as that hard nut. I'm not sure what Tim Kelly's fantasy scoring is like in that beefed-up mm. midfield. I'm not sure what impact he has on everyone else's as well. Exactly. Probably not a good one. No, I, there's there can only be so many fantasy points to go around. And, and Eagles don't tend to play a high-possession game plan. No. They're not like a Collingwood where they just flick it around everywhere no. with such a good midfield. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't think he increases his score. No, he absolutely I does not increase. I don't even know if he plateaus. I, I, I think he falls back. I think he might average... 90 this year around mm. about 90 and he'll um, be a centre only this year he loses the DPP he is moving way back in my draft rankings for next year unfortunately and yep. he is no and if he, unless he's a forward which he shouldn't be uh, he is nah. nowhere near my considerations for uh, salary cap leagues next year either yeah so, we we'll look at him in salary and um, in drafts he's slipping back a fair bit yeah. as well so from a football point of view a pure football point of view this was yep. a great pick up by West Coast yes. because he gives them an X factor that the midfield hasn't always had. The class and the silk it's, and the skill. Exactly. He doesn't need a lot of possessions to impact the game, and I think that'll probably what it be what happens next exactly. year. Exactly. Now, there is a chance that he might play a little bit more up forward because he is that natural hmm. forward. So, I don't get maybe like a 70-30 split, 70% midfield, 30, a little bit more through the forward line. So, there is a chance, if your leagues have uh, position changes, that mm-hmm. he may pick up forward status again through... The uh, through the year, well, that's where I would be interested. You're drawing in. a bow there. Yeah. I'm not sure if it's a long one or a short one yet, though. So, but no, I, for me, I'm not looking at him in salary cap. 
in redraft leagues and keeper leagues, obviously you want him somewhere, but he's falling down my draft list. Yep, agreed. That's, yeah, that's that's. The if way you earn him in a keeper league, are you trying to sell high? Yeah, I'd be if, strongly if considering some, it. If someone is really keen on Tim Kelly, I would absolutely do that. There is no question that I would do that. Yeah, I um, I would as well. I yeah. Think. Uh, so should we move on to the next trade? We should. Adam Tomlinson to Melbourne. This is another one I'm really confused about how to feel. I, I'm i not not keen on it, to be honest. He's, he has averaged around about mid-70s, 77 and 74 over the last two mm-hmm. years. To be honest, he's played a decent amount of games at those times, 22 and 22, and he played yep. sort of as a wingman this year and last year too. This so, year for sure. I can't remember if he did last year or not. I think he might have played more halfback last year yeah. or more defence, but still, he played a lot of wing time this year, which is the role Melbourne will want him in. I can't mm. see him increasing too much. I, I, I think maybe he plateaus around about that and... High 70s, you reckon, for him? Yeah. And because Can you see him go cent- low 80s? Maybe, but he's a centre only. What's the yeah. point? True. Yeah, I, I just have no interest whatsoever, really, in yeah. Tomlinson. If he if he picks up defender status or forward status, maybe, but as a centre only, mid seventies, no. Just, yeah, just a no. I probably will probably end up settling on that as well. But yeah. I've just I'm really confused by what to think about him mm. and what he's like. I don't know what his role is going to be. GWS players moving to other teams always interest me a little a little bit yeah. because maybe that's what it is that's making me second guess it. Yeah. Because, yeah, everything you just said makes perfect sense. And yet there's a little bit of me that's like, ooh, but maybe. <laughs> it's because GWS have been so stacked for so long that you think that, right, if they're moving someone on, he's just this good, but he hasn't had a real whack at it because they've got so many that's good players. That's probably what it is, yeah. Um, no, I, it it's might not. It's me. probably not the case for this one, though. Mm. Um, Who's next? We've got uh, Cam Ellis Yolman to Brisbane. Mm. I, I get this is another <laughs> one that's a little bit confusing. Uh, so, 10 games this year yep. for 87.9, a high of 134, which I didn't realize he had that he's, high a ceiling. He does have a decent ceiling, as, as long as he's played in the exact right role. If he's played yes. as a <laughs> inside midfielder, getting getting the ball out to someone, tackling as well, he yeah. can win the so ball. A perfect segue. Um, I think he competes with Lyon for a midfield spot, and I think Lyon has the inside running to start the year. Exactly. I don't think he's best twenty-two to start the year. No, either do I. I, I, I. He's come into a very. He's come from a team that used to be quite packed, and he couldn't get a game. <laughs> yep. Into a team that is now packed and is going to be more packed with some of the young guys that are coming yep. through. I yeah, I can't see him getting a game. If you. Th- he the issue that held him back at Adelaide is he didn't have a lot of pace and that's mm. what they decided they need. Yeah, um, he's kind of one paced inside ball. Um, he does well with it. There's always a spot for that sort of player in the team, yep. but they do have some good midfield. Obviously, they've got Lockie Neal, who is yep. not a, a a quick runner. They've yep. got and, um, but Neal better than Ellis Yom. Oh, no, no question. Um, Sorry, that's no, no, not no. what I was trying. Bear to with draw. me here. Yeah. So there's Neal is a bit of a comparison. Neal's better. Uh, the one that is Lions. Mm. That's the direct comparison yes. for me. They're both kind of one pace. They accumulate the ball. They're strong inside players. Um, but Lions has the inside running because he's yep. already in the team. And some of the games he's had this year were just spectacular. I, I, I agree. But was... Lions is the one who's most at risk, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I again, I agree with you. I don't know if he's best 22 heading straight into the I, year. He's depth to push for a flag yeah. is well, what like, he is. He's, he's about the 23rd or 24th player, which is unfortunately what... He was at Adelaide for me. Yeah. 
Um, a last trade, though it was the first, the first trade. trade. It was the first trade to go through for the uh, the <laughs> trade period in 2019. But the last trade we will discuss today: Brandon Ellis going from the Tigers to Gold Coast. What a way to finish off! Oh, <laughs> I mean, this is just this is this is a lock for me. Is it a lock for you? Um, I want it to be. And when it first happened, it was. But the more I think about it, the more I'm not really sure. Mm-hmm. Um. Do you think he plays midfield or halfback? Halfback. Yeah. I think I think he plays halfback and helps distribute the ball a little bit. I mean, uh, Harbrow is not young. He he had a very solid year <laughs> yep. again this year, but he is not young and could. I, I think he's close to thirty-two or something yeah, like that. Jared yeah, Harbrow. Um, and Ellis has got twenty-six to start next mm-hmm. season. They've got the other guy bloke, uh, P.S. Hanley, yep. who also is over not 30. young. Who's over thirty. Um, so I reckon he plays as a distributing halfback player, which means he's going to be around the defensive uh, 50, which means he's going to get the ball for Gold Coast because that's where the ball is going to be. It is, but I mean, it'll be going in that often that they're not... At least next year, I don't see Gold Coast being in a position to you know clearly, cleanly get it to their distributors. It'll be, shit, the ball's here, get it and boot it. So unless he's the guy doing the booting... Which I can see. And also, there's going to be behind scored, obviously, against the Gold Coast. And I think either he takes the kickouts, or he is that guy every single time that up. they do that little dinky kick to for a plus six He in could the be line. the spot-up guy. Because Harbrow takes a lot of their kickouts, and Lukosius took a lot of them as well towards the back end of the season and was a yeah. good distributor. So. I, think, um, uh, I, I don't think he increases his average much. I think going on what he's done in the past, he could increase his average to, oh, he averaged say, high 80s. 84.8 this year. Yeah. I reckon he plateaus at best. Yeah, 84.8. I think he could get up to higher 80s, so maybe closer to 88, 89. Um, but that's the most he will do. So it's a no in salary cap because he's Absolutely. not going to increase enough. <clears throat> but he rises up my rankings just that little bit more as a defender in uh, draft leagues. Just Very that little bit Very more. Not- could I interest you in him in keepers then? Yes, you I could. am an owner. Yes, you could. <laughs> so we'll talk trade after this. <laughs> okay. Absolutely, you could. Um, cool. So, of more interest to me is who takes his spot at Richmond. Jaden Short. Yeah, I J- think Jaden so. Short gets a little bit more of the ball for me, and that's yeah. it. So, because um, Ellis played a fair bit of wing this year, mm-hmm. do you reckon they release Short onto the wing and somebody else comes into that halfback role? Could do. Maybe Camden McIntosh gets a bit more game time because yeah. uh, he he was out of the best yeah. twenty-two a little bit. Maybe or the other um, Pickett might play that wing role. He could. Yeah, Marley and Pickett should be getting regular games next year. I almost guarantee it if he's. Yeah. Um, oh, fit. he was that good in the grand final. They have to. Oh, he was. He was I, for mine. He was Norm Smith medalist. Mm. He was. Don't, don't get me wrong, Dusty was terrific, um, but he, he kicked a couple of goals by standing at the back and smartly, I will say yeah. smartly, I, I specifically I, remember one goal where he stood behind the guy by about four metres. <laughs> if the defender had, and the ball bounced, if the defender picked it up, Dusty would have looked like an idiot, but it bounced right uh, through the guy's it's, legs. <laughs> it's called game sense, Christian. Oh, he, and he does have, it, yeah. no, non, no sarcasm, he has some of the best game sense going around. Yeah. Um, so, so, yeah, I... I will definitely talk trade with you on Brad and Ellis after this podcast. Right, very and on that note, we've come to the end of the trade, so we have come to the end of this podcast. Thank you all so much for joining us. If you ever have any questions, you can always reach us on Twitter at ExtendedBenchAU. Obviously, there, there is a long time off until your next uh, drafts will be happening or until you have to think about salary cap leagues, but... We are always in preseason. You should yes. always be thinking preseason because there's always news coming out. 
And especially if you're, in, if you're in a Keeper League, which is another reason why we try and push so hard for, for fantasy fans to join Keeper Leagues. I mean, for our league, for example, we have regular trade windows. The first I think one, we actually have one coming up very soon. It will be opening up after the draft period. Mm. Um, so after the AFL draft. So and having these little windows, you know, where you can do trades all the way along, all the way through the off season, really keeps you interested and keeps, mm. you know, it keeps the uh, the chats alive on WhatsApp or Facebook Messenger. Yep, um, and it's just a great way to uh, to keep up with fantasy footy. Absolutely, so, um, and we will be doing a pre AFL draft um, mm-hmm. podcast, yep. so keep an eye out for that one. Uh, Christian will be amazing us with his breadth of knowledge <laughs> on the upcoming. Uh, draft class. I've already, I've already done so much research on some of the youngsters. Excellent. It, it is just ridiculous. Excellent. I um, look forward to hopefully being able to pick apart your arguments. Yeah, you couldn't last year, but hopefully this year there's a few more things you can throw up. So yes, we'll uh, we'll look forward to that. We'll make sure to keep you all updated as to when we record that, so you can send in any questions uh, or uh, just if you're wondering who your team should or will pick up in the draft. Uh, so hopefully uh, you yeah enjoy your uh, your time off from fantasy footy, and we'll catch you next time for the extended bench podcast. Okay.